Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet. And today we are all alone, no guests, which we like to do because Janet and I can talk forever about so many subjects. And it's nice to talk uh, to bounce things off of each other. Um, we we roll pretty good together. So um, today we're going to be talking about our debt journey and how it led us to not bill um, health insurance. And what does that have to do with health in general or your health in general? Well, let me just say, we're going to talk about, uh, talk about more details, but um, we talk about things about what we can do to be healthy. And those things are um, eat, exercise, and sleep. But also, there's certain things um, mentally and with relationships and financially that help us be healthy. And let me tell you that when you focus on getting out of debt, it is very liberating and it helps you to be healthy. Let me tell you that. Janet, do you have any comment about that before we get into our story? I do because um, healthcare providers are you know, surrounded by this whole... Um, financial burden right now, whether it is um, doctors getting out of school or already been out of school and and having a huge debt load. And I feel like Americans as a whole, we have been carrying a lot of debt load. And as we um, talk about healthy, you know, there are some things that we can do and it's not always a fast process, but there are steps along the way that I think are very helpful. And it is kind of a passion of ours to share with people because there are possible ways of, of living a little bit happier and healthier. And so finances play a big role, I know, in both in Sean, our, our business life as well as our personal life. So that journey has not been overnight, but you know, we, we definitely would like to share. And if there's anybody out there that um, can hear the message and change some things, you know, we're super excited about that. Well, let's back up into our story. Let's go back to 2002. So in 2002, we opened up our pharmacy in 1998. And in 2002, we were a full-service pharmacy. We were, you know, like a traditional pharmacy. We were dispensing a lot of medications. We had a, a DME, durable medical equipment business. And um, we were doing mostly insurance, billing mostly insurance then. And in 2002, we decided... Um, we were, it was, uh, the last insurance we were billing was state Medicaid and state Medicaid was decreasing their reimbursement by 25%. And we're just like, you know, so obviously there are a lot of pharmacies in the state, you know, and a lot of trade groups in the state saying, you know, pharmacies should say no to it. And, um, we were one of seven pharmacies out of 1,400 in Washington State to say no to billing state Medicaid. And it was quite a chunk of our business, actually, a um, big chunk of our business. Now, mind you, this was back in 2002, um, so 20 years ago. And um, we had the busiest gross sales year that we ever had back then. We were busier than busy. We had more employees than we ever had. We had more business than we ever had, at least gross dollar-wise. But actually, in that year was the only year we ever lost money and didn't make a profit at Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy. And partly it was due to just because you're busy doesn't mean you're making money. And healthcare providers get into this um, mess all the time. They think they got to make it up on volume, but it's 
it's econ 101. If you lose money on every transaction, you can't make it up on volume. And let me tell you, in the health insurance industry or in the healthcare business, there is a lot to be said about a lot of different procedures and medications or what have you that you don't make any money on. It's hard to make money billing insurance. And what it really does is it makes you decrease service, decrease quality, and overall increase prices to the things that you don't get paid on, that you're going to get paid on. So we didn't like that model. So we said no, first of all, because there was it was the last one we were taking with Medicaid and then when we went cash only in 2002 and we have never looked back. We had a lot of um, family members, friends that said that we'll never make it. We had colleagues that would said we, we have to take insurance, we can't make it. And here we are 20 years later and we are thriving. Um, Janet, what do you have to add to that? Well, in that journey, you know, prior to us opening pharmacy, we were very um, debt conscious. So it wasn't something that we lived prior to being in business. But when we got into business, you know, the cash flow issue was part of the problem. And in a pharmacy, usually you're replacing that medication the following day and you're not getting paid until you're like 90 days out or more. So just think of how many times you have to fund replacing a product within uh, a pharmacy. And many times what you would find is that um, you were waiting for that check in the mail so you could actually pay your vendors. And vendors didn't want to wait long. They wanted their checks. Actually, usually pharmacies had to pay it within two weeks. Um, So it was this ongoing battle. And then The other part of the equation that most um, people don't realize out in the public is that insurance companies can go back and audit you willy-nilly. You know, you might have somebody that has all the things or the prior authorizations that are required to have payment. Um, You know, the doctor sign off on it or the physical therapist or the, you know, prosthetic person. Yet at the same time, um, an insurance company can come back at least, I think it was five years, and they can take the money back and they just subtract it out of your check or say pay up. And, you know, many times, you know, there's no way of of reimbursement after you've already spent something and it's out the door. How are you going to find somebody? Are you going to track them down and say, hey, you owe me? And even if you did, you know, many times those clients actually did qualify. It's just there was some, you know, I or T cross that an insurance auditor didn't like. And so they were taking it away. Well, that game got really old. Um, That whole scenario, every provider will face, whether you're a doctor, pharmacist, um, physical therapist, you name it, you're going to get audited and that's just part part of the business. And what clients don't understand is that, you know, you can't discriminate as to who you're going to offer assistance to. So when you sign up for insurance, you know, you can't turn somebody away. So, you know, we had also durable clients. For example, we had some um, young children who qualified for special wheelchairs and, and that process was not a fast process. And yet the state would come back and say, you know, no, that wheelchair is not covered. And so we'd have to fight it because it wasn't a cheap um equipment. And so that takes away from giving services to other clients. And so that whole experience was not sitting well with us. So when we decided it was time, um, you know, we, we, I, I had no hesitation. Let's move on because what we 
what we tell ourselves is you won't have any customers, you won't have any patients, you won't have anything out there. You're not going to be helping people if you don't bill insurance. Well, that's just not true. Well, in reality, we get to help more people at a better price and a better service. So we didn't want to be dictated by insurance companies on what kind of service at what price we could offer and at what quality. So we decided... Um, you know, to go cash only and never look back. Now, fast forward a couple years later, that was 2002. We still had durable medical equipment and um, it was mostly insurance. So mostly Medicare and Medicaid. So federal and state programs. And we opened up a, a durable medical equipment in Pasco. Um, and, you know, so we opened up a second location and we were struggling struggling hard. And we had young kids at home at the time. We were homeschooling our kids. Janet was not working full-time at the pharmacy. And we were actually in 2005, we were losing $50,000 a month in that business down in Pasco. And it was draining us big time. And I guess back up a little bit, we were living in the American dream. We just moved into a new house in 2004. We had two new cars, which we'd never bought new cars before. So we had two two new car payments and a, a new big house payment. And um, so we were living the American dream. And then in 2005, it about sunk us. We were losing money in that business and we were struggling to, to pay our bills, going further and further in debt. And we actually had a... Bible study at our house and we were having prayer prayer time in 2005 December 2005 and we prayed about it and everybody knew that our business wasn't doing very well we didn't share the details but we did pray about it and say hey Jan and I were just like we've got to do something different if this business doesn't start making money we need to just close the doors so that month in December 2005 um, this is, I don't believe in coincidences. This is, this is a true story. Um, that business made $12 profit. So we kept the doors open. Um, and in the end we ended up being able to recover, but how do we do that? Um, we actually, we knew that what we were doing was not working. One of the things is with the durable medical equipment is the vendors would ask us, Hey, you know, if you buy five, you get a discount or you buy 25, you get a discount and you know, you can cash flow them when you rent them out to Medicare or whatever. And we were just drinking the Kool-Aid. So we just buy more and more inventory. We're not getting, we couldn't afford one, let alone buy 25 for a discount, but we were doing that and we just couldn't keep affording to do that. So that's when we decided we need to make some changes with um, how we looked at debt, business debt and personal debt. So um, we found Dave Ramsey. And um, we are a big supporter of Dave Ramsey and um, we've followed him ever since. And Janet, you want to tell a little bit about that story? Yeah, I do. So, um, you know, we were going to the bank, of course, to get um, bigger credit limits. Um, we were scraping to just make the minimum payments on many things. And, it, you know, so personally, um, it was very stressful um, it wasn't a very happy time in our life. And, you know, I don't, I mean, Sean says living the American dream. I don't really call that living the American dream. No. I <laughs> never want to go back to that dream for sure. Um, but the reason we went with financial peace was because uh, Dave Ramsey's program had a step-by-step -step system. 
whether you agree with everything he says or not, if you're in trouble, if you have a plan and he has goals for people and it was, it was understandable, it was something we could grasp on and do. And so um, not only did we um, do it ourselves, but we did it with a, a group of people at our church and, you know, we embraced it and, and to the point where, you know, he talks about a snowball. Well, it works, folks. It if you commit yourself, and we did it not just in our um, personal life, but we did it in our business. And it made so much sense. And as that snowball started going and you started paying one more debt down and one more debt down, and we didn't ask for any other debt from the bank. It was like, we're not going there. So um, that was very liberating to, to get that process started. And it wasn't fast. It wasn't uh, easy. Um, you know, on the personal side, you know, having young children, there are many no's. We didn't go out. We didn't travel. We didn't do a lot of things. And we made a lot of personal sacrifices. And I will tell you today, it was well worth it. Well, and one of the things it did, it was just perfect timing in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in coincidences at all. And one thing it did is it taught our children about sure. how bad debt is. <laughs> and Dave Ramsey says, and you know, it's a quote out of Proverbs from the Bible. The borrower is slave to the lender. And that is just true. If you have any debt, that is just true. The borrower is slave to the lender. So you feel liberated and it's overall good for your health right. because you just feel a lot healthier. You can sleep better at night. When things like COVID happened two years ago and, you know, everything was shut down, because our business is debt-free, we didn't have to Get well, a, a PPP loan. What are you going to say? We we do have a mortgage, so it's not oh, that we're totally debt free. But, yeah, oh, we do no. have, on our on our building, on our yeah. pharmacy building. We do, and only two more years, two more yeah. years, and we'll be done with that. So that's super exciting. Um, but because we weren't leveraged a lot right. in debt with credit lines and credit cards, um, car payments, we didn't have to get PPP loans like a lot of people did um, during those government shutdowns. So. Well, that's true. And, and the other thing I think that um, when we talk about debt is that in our experience, Sean and I did not come into our business with a lot of personal debt from um, student loans. And the, the more students that we have coming in and doctors that we um, talk to, it's like that debt seems to be almost um, a mountain right now. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that happened along the journey too is, you know, you start listening, people are saying, well, I think you're crazy because, um, you know, debt to a bank is just leverage. It gives you leverage. Well, maybe in your mind, and, and we have listened to family members and friends talk to us about, you know, what they do in their Good life, debt. right? Good leverage debt, debt. Bad Good debt. debt. Yeah. Cash um, flow debt. Right. You know, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying in my heart, and in my mind, it gives me a peace that I can pay my vendors without that fear of waiting for, you know, to make the next sale to be able to do that. And it also gives you a peace of mind. And it's not, it's different. It's, it, it's you, you feel more relaxed. I mean, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And, you know, one day when we don't have any mortgages I will never have to fill out paperwork to a bank again. And I'm excited about that day. Um, but, you know, along that way, you know, Sean and I, we, we've taken a lot of um, interest in people, especially our students that have came through. And 
Um, just to tell you about one success, we had one gal that worked for us for a short period of time until she found it. Um, it was her first job out of college. And she shared with me that she paid off her last student loan and it's possible. I mean, she had student loans and they weren't, they weren't small, but she, before she, you know, started living a, in a bigger lifestyle, when she got out of pharmacy school, she started attacking that. And I think it's been two, two and a half years. Probably, yeah, less than three years. But she has the freedom to choose what job and where she wants to go rather than feeling like she's stuck working for the highest payer, which is not always the best job. So rewards come in different ways. And her story and her journey is... Um, really cool for us because, you know, she, I think, was on that page when she first started working for us. But, you know, her personal freedom of being able to decide, hey, you know what? I don't really like working at this company in this position, but, you know, this job over here, it's less pay, but it looks like it's it's better for me mentally, stress, career-wise. I can grow at it. She had no hesitation to be able to step out the door and take that job because she wasn't burdened with huge payments. Yeah, very liberating. So don't let somebody say that you have to be in student loan debt the rest of your life. And even though you might have 30 years to pay it off, she paid hers off in like three. So it yeah. can be done. Um, and if you can follow Dave Ramsey, you won't go into debt at all going into college. And I still believe that um, my kids have two years of college underneath their belt. They are debt-free. They do not have any debt. And it's very, it was timely that we were able to teach them that, that they aren't, unlike some of their friends that already have car payments and things like that, um, they don't have any debt. And it's very liberating because they can move wherever they want to move without being um, tied down to a certain job they may or may not like. So a story that I'd like to share when it comes to insurance, Janet would talk about insurance companies, and this is more for the healthcare providers out there, but it's still interesting for Anybody that doesn't, you know, anybody that um, that, that accesses the healthcare system, because you don't really know how it works a lot of times. But Janet was telling a story about how health health insurance companies will years later they'll say, "Well, you know what? We overpaid you on X Y Z, and you owe us, you know, X Y Z amount of dollars." I've heard sometimes the numbers are three to four hundred thousand. With independent practices, I've I've heard millions, millions of dollars with with big corporate clinics. Um, we would get those letters sometimes, and what they would say would they would say, um, you know, pay up or we'll take it out of your next check. Of course, we were so, you know, not cash flowing that we needed their check to pay our bills, and so we would wait for those checks to pay our bills. And if they would take money out of there, we would be in serious problems and we would have to probably get more money from the bank, which is not a good way to go. You don't want to go further and further in debt as you get older. That's not a good way to go. Stay out of debt if you can. If not, get out as soon as you can. But we have a story. So um, after we stopped billing insurance, we got a letter like two years after we not billed insurance. And it was for oxygen rentals. And they wanted like, I think, $15,000 back. So not a huge amount of money, but like fifteen grand. And they said, if they said the same thing that they'd always said, if you don't pay us, we will hold out your next check. Well, guess what? We weren't getting checks anymore. So guess what? Who was in the driver's seat? It was us. 
this is very liberating. And anybody that that is a healthcare professional and you know how it feels to get sent a letter like this, listen to this story because this is liberating. Another reason why you shouldn't bill health insurance. So the way they would pay us for oxygen would be over, they'd pay us a monthly rental fee and it would be over a five-year period. And let's make sure everybody knows you don't just get oxygen without qualifying and having physical or, you know, respiratory therapist signing off and doctor signing off. It's not not like you just deliver people oxygen without the paperwork and the right patient. Right. And without oxygen, people can die, you know? So um, very serious, but, you know, Healthcare professionals have been abused by these insurance companies for years by just letting them just abuse them and take money away, decrease reimbursement. And um, but this story is liberating because I was in charge now. They couldn't, there was no way they could get the money from my next check because I didn't have a check. So I negotiated with them. I told them, I said, you know, tell you what. I can pay you a few hundred dollars a month over the next five years, kind of like you did for me without oxygen, or I can send you a, you know, a three thousand dollar check right now, and um, you know, get this taken care of. They're like, well, that's nobody negotiates with us. That's, that's not how this works. But in reality, if you know how the how the healthcare system works, they negotiate with a healthcare provider. A healthcare provider bills them, let's say, a hundred dollars, but they only get paid thirty. So why can't we negotiate with them, right? So they said, well, if you're going to do that, we need to get our attorney on the phone. So they got their corporate, their um, state attorney on the phone. And the attorney says, "Um, I can't believe I'm even negotiating with you. I'm like, look, I can pay you by the month over the next five years and I might go out of business next year and you don't, then you don't get the rest of the money. Or I can just cut you a check for $3,000, you know, which the original bill is like $15,000. And then we can just get this settled. She said, I can't believe I'm agreeing to this. But if you send me a check, if I send you a fax right now, will you agree? Will you sign it back saying you're going to send me a check? And I said, sure, I will. So that's what we did. And it was very, very liberating. And I, I love telling that story, especially to healthcare providers that are on the fence about why they should bill insurance or not. Um, because that's a good story why they shouldn't bill insurance. Because I, I, I know of... One right now that's in serious financial trouble because they're getting money taken back from one of the insurance companies from from a, from over a couple year period, and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're not going to be able to recover from. So that was very liberating. I'm so glad we got out of that. We don't get letters like that anymore. Yeah. And well, and let's be really clear: none of these clients that they were trying to take the money back. None of the, all of them qualified under their standards. So it wasn't like we were dispensing something that, um, you know, was trying to to be in any shape or wor- uh, word of fraud. And many times providers are giving services to patients out of goodwill. And then an insurance company decides, well, you know, I don't like this or they go after a certain group and, yeah. and they take the money back. And many times, you know, these people are well overqualified for the services that they were given. Yeah. Um, and healthcare providers have, have let insurance companies do yeah. that for years, just, just abuse them. And that's one of the reasons we said no. <laughs> you know, back in 2002, we said, no, we're not letting you decrease our reimbursement by 25%. We said no. We were one of seven pharmacies out of 1,400 in the state that said no. Well, guess what happened two years later? The state came back and they wanted to decrease reimbursement again. And you know what? I got to hand it to, I got to tell the pharmacist. I'm like, well, 
I don't feel sorry for you. You said yes last time. I don't blame them. I mean, most of the people took the, took the decrease in pay last time. Why wouldn't they do it again? Right. So, And you know. the margins are really small. It's not like, I mean, people have this idea that it, it's a, a, a catastrophic amount. It's not. I think the providers versus if you're talking about healthcare entities, it's not like hospitals. Um, a single providers, physicians, ARNPs, um, you know, pharmacies, independent pharmacies. We, we don't, we don't have these big margins of, of profit like um, some of these other corporations do. So it's not, it's not the same. It's just taking the small guy out in my opinion. Yeah. It sure seems like that because it seems like the big ones are the ones that keep right. surviving. Um, and there, there might be some underlying, you know, underlying reasons for that, but not a, we don't have enough time to discuss it on this podcast, but I do believe that, you know, in general, the federal and state government doesn't want the individual um, doctors and pharmacists to be in practice. They, it's easier to control them if they have, you know, a big a big corporate entity to control rather than one individual practice. So, so, but how does this help you as a consumer? Why do we talk about this? Because. We, we don't believe debt is healthy. No. Um, and if you want to be overall healthy, you'll be in good financial health also. Um, it's really, really hard to stay on track with your, with your um, physical and mental health program when your debt is just killing you. Um, because we've been there. We, we couldn't sleep at night. We were wondering how we were going to pay the bills. And you know we, we got through it by, by following Dave Ramsey's principles, which I get it. It's not what everybody wants to do because, you know, you might have to put off buying some things, but um, big deal. One thing he says is live now like no one else. So later you can live like no one else. Let me tell you, when you're free from payments, um, you can start living like no one else. It really is very, very liberating. And, and um, so, Janet, what do you got to add to it? Well, what I want to add to it is this, that um, it is it is mentally healthy to not have to to owe people money. And if you do run into, because, you know, life happens to all of us. You know, you got car breaks down. You've got, you know, an air conditioner when it's hot and 100 degrees. You know, here, I think one year we had three air conditioners go on it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not saying that financial hardships don't come at you. But when they do and you're not strapped to the last penny and pinching that out, it does make it easier to adjust and to go forward. And that's kind of what we're talking about and budgeting and, and making healthy goals and decisions in your personal life as well as your business life. And, you know, one if, if we're talking about healthcare providers, getting ready or getting rid of that insurance company was the best decision we ever made, ever. And we have helped more clients because we haven't had the constraints and we can be fair on the market. I go to bed at night feeling good about what people received and, and, and hopefully they do as well. But then on my personal life, you know, I feel like our journey has been good and healthy for our children that they've seen an example of where, you know, mom and dad didn't have the, the biggest boat on the lake and we didn't have to, because guess what? We're happier without it because we didn't have a payment. Now, I, if boating's your thing, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not knocking you for it. But what I'm saying is that internal feeling and that mental health and being able to communicate with your spouse and your children and your family without that additional stress makes you a better person. You're happier inside. And, and that's part of it. And that's the only reason we're really sharing this is that it's possible we see people do it, like our, our um, gal that worked for us for a few years. I'm super happy for her. Her, her life, she's a young lady, 
early in her career and she's going to have a better journey because, hey, you know what? She can make that journey across the States uh, to a, a company to work for because she's not financially strapped. And and on the subject too, so you know, we talk about how it liberates healthcare providers when, when we don't bill insurance. Well, let me tell you, as an individual, um, if you're seeking healthcare services, try to find a healthcare provider that doesn't bill insurance. They are out there. I'm serious. Whether it be for pharmacy, whether it be for doctors' offices, whether it be for surgery, right. it's a it's an ever-growing market. It's called free market medicine, and it's really, really growing because as a consumer of healthcare. You will get better service at a better price than you do with your insurance if you go to somebody like that. Just trust me. Follow us on our podcast. We've got many, many stories to share like that. Um, Don't let an insurance company dictate your health. Don't do that Um, because you will be better off by by most common services, routine services, paying cash. It'll be less than what your insurance is and much better service and quality. Well, and and, you know, in this journey, Sean and I have talked to many doctors who have decided to make that jump into um, a cash service. And the first thing that they will say is, you know, personally, it saved their life, their career, the the effort and the the joy that they put into um, becoming a professional and a a doctor, but also saved their family relationships because many times that was what was suffering and, you know, we, we have a local guy here in, in the Moscow, Idaho area that we've seen his practice go from one person to, I think he has like five, five providers. Five providers and when you talk to this man, there is a huge smile on his face and he loves every minute of his day. I'm not saying he doesn't have hardships, but he loves what he's doing. So walking away from somebody else enslaving you is 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 what we're talking about and the financial and the, and the individual freedom and enjoy that comes along with it. You can't measure that. Absolutely not. So that about wraps it up for today's podcast. Uh, tune in Thursday for our midweek podcast, 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll have Tom Kerber on our show. He's going to be talking about some alternative cancer treatments that he has available and some um, some alternative pain treatments that he has available, non-medication um, treatments. So you don't want to miss out for that. As always, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And so you don't miss out on any episodes. We are ever growing there. We have over 1,200 educational videos on our YouTube. And we are working our way to episode number 300 on our podcast. So in November, we will be streaming our 300th episode. And we want feedback from you. What, who is your favorite guest? What guests would you like to see on again? What topics would you like to hear about? Tell us. Give us comments. We'd love to hear more. So thank you for tuning in to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you. 